Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Uh, well, before we do get started, I do want to let you know this program is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners. And uh, I want to thank Lindsay, who became our eighth Patreon supporter, uh, supporting us at the rookie level, uh, which is a donation of $2 or more per month. You can support the show, support, uh, support.greatdetectives.net. And if you want to give on a recurring basis, go to Patreon. Uh, greatdetectives.net. Also over at greatdetectives.net, I take a look at a great classic television series, Ellery Queen. And you can get all of my reviews delivered automatically to you if you have the Kindle. You can try that out free for two weeks. You can also just read the article today at greatdetectives.net. Well, now from June the 15th of 1950, here now is... The Big Press. Ladies and gentlemen, one year ago tonight, through the facilities of your local National Broadcasting Company station, we were privileged to enjoy your attention at the premiere broadcast of a new series of authentic documented dramas entitled Dragnet. This evening, on the occasion of our first anniversary as weekly guests in your home, the cast, technicians, and producers of Dragnet wish to state publicly that our indebtedness is enormous. For the degree of success which Dragnet has achieved during the past year, our first and greatest obligation is to you, our weekly listeners, for your support, for your many kind letters of encouragement, criticism, and appraisal. If Dragnet is a proven success, then you have made it so. Behind the scenes, we have many more people to thank. Our engineers our sound technicians, our cast. To the radio editors and columnists across the nation, also a sincere thank you for your judgment of our efforts. Additionally, claims on our thanks are held by the Los Angeles Police Department, for the National Broadcasting Company. To all of these, and to you, our gratitude. Here at the starting point of Dragnet's second year of broadcasting, our wish is twofold. First, that we may enjoy your continued support. Secondly, that we may deserve that support. Thank you. The story you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Dragnet. You're a detective sergeant. You're assigned to robbery detail. Scores of lone women have been beaten and robbed. The victims have been unable to identify the criminals. Your job, get them. Dragnet, the documented drama of an actual crime. For the next 30 minutes, in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department, 
You will travel step by step on the side of the law through an actual case transcribed from official police files. From beginning to end, from crime to punishment, Dragnet is the story of your police force in action. It was Monday, July 1st. It was mild in Los Angeles. We're working the night watch out of robbery detail. My partner's Ben Romero. The boss is Ed Walker, captain of robbery. My name's Friday. It was 9.27 p.m. when I left the phone booth at the Sunset Drive-In and got to our car. 80K. Anything new? 80K, code 7. Oh, captain Walker's wife had her baby. Boy, eight pounds. Oh, that's swell. She all right? Yeah, so's the captain. Look at the uniform on the waitress coming. Yeah, they sure dress them up, don't they? Good evening. Hi, Daisy. Oh, hello. Didn't recognize you. What do you have, the usual? No, I think I'll have something else besides a hamburger this time. Here's the menu. Take your choice. Hey, thank you. Well, I'm kind of hungry. Maybe I'll take a meal. Mm-hmm. 42R, 816 West Fried shrimp's good. Where's that? Mm, right there. Oh, yeah. 95 cents. What's all this stuff I've been reading in the paper? Hmm? What's that? couple of guys going around snatching purses and beating up women. Uh, Paper says it's happened seven times in the last two weeks. Roast beef, 90 cents. Roast beef's good, too. Don't you know who's been doing it? No, not yet. What do you get with these liver and onions, Dave? Same as with everything else. Soup, potatoes, and coffee. 85 cents. Why don't they just take the purse? Why do they have to beat up the women? We don't know. Well, there's headlines staring me in the face every time I open a paper. I'm getting afraid to walk home at night. Do you get coffee and dessert with a Salisbury steak? Yeah. 65 cents. 72T, Roger on your call. Say, do you guys know what I've been talking about? Yeah, Daisy, we know. I'll take the Salisbury steak. Yeah, so will I. Hamburger special, down too. Well done on mine, please. Burn. Okay. Be a couple of minutes. Thanks. All units in the vicinity of 1016 North McCadden. That's us. Get it 484 PS and slugging. Code no. 3. All units in the vicinity of 1016 North McCadden, 484 PS, and slugging, code 3. 61F, take the call. Okay. Better let her know we're going. Okay. I'll be right there. No, we're leaving. We'll be back. Okay. You know, I've been wondering. What's that? Hamburger and Salisbury steak, what's the difference? Price. officer, the lowest thief and most cowardly is the purse snatcher who preys on women. For more than a month, lone women throughout the western section of the city have been robbed and beaten. The descriptions were confused and varied because the attacks took place at night. 10.06 p.m. We got to the location on North McCadden where the woman was lying on the sidewalk. She'd been badly beaten about the face and neck and her jaw had been broken. Officers Reed and Shell of Unit 61F were already there. Any witnesses, officer? Yeah, this man in the sweater here saw it happen. Says the victim's name's Swanson. This is Mr. Kahn. How do you do? This is Sergeant Romero. My name's Friday. I wonder if we could talk to you, please? Yeah, certainly. Do you want to come into the house? Right over here will be all right. That officer there says that you saw it happen. That's right. I was watching television. I heard this scream outside. I looked out and saw these two men beating around. Can you describe them? Well, the light wasn't real good. Right, They're about as tall as you two, but they had slighter bills. How old were they? Could you see that? I'd say they were young, maybe 18, 19. I saw them knock her down. It was terrible. They hit her, and then they kicked her. 
uh, they picked up the purse and, 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 and ran down that way. And you called the police? Uh, yes, but not right away. I, I ran out and, and saw them get in their car across the street. They drove right past me. Then they turned east there on, on Romaine. Can you describe the car for us? I got the license number for you. The last three numbers were 552. Just three numbers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you describe the car? What kind was it? Oh, I don't know. It was new. I think it was black. Maybe a sedan. Well, was it a large car or a small one? Oh, kind of medium. Did you notice the back of it? Yeah, that's where I saw the license plate. No, I mean, did you notice anything about the car? Maybe a dent on the fender or a sticker on the window? No, I didn't look at the window. Did the car have a spotlight or a radio antenna? Well, I guess I didn't see any. I was trying to look at the license plates. Did you notice anything unusual about the car? Any, any identifying marks at all? No, no, I didn't notice. How about the make of the car? Did you see what kind of one? No, the last three numbers on the license plate were 552. California license plate? Uh, yes, it was. Now, that should be enough here. Do you think you'll catch them tonight? Do you know how many plates end in 552? While Ben called in a general description of the car and the two attackers, I talked to the other bystanders. I found out that the victim's name was Mrs. Frida K. Swanson, a widow. She had a room at 1003 North McCadden. None of the neighbors had seen the robbery or the beating take place. 11.28 p.m., Ben and I arrived at Hollywood Receiving Hospital to interview Mrs. Swanson, but she was unable to talk or to identify her attackers. She wrote on a piece of paper that she'd been slugged from behind. She never got a good look at the men. Besides a broken jaw, she was suffering from a fractured wrist, a broken nose, and bruises about the face and body. Tuesday, July 2nd, the getaway car used in the attack on the previous night was found abandoned on Hollywood Boulevard and proved to be a stolen car. License number 6 Young 4552. The victim's empty purse was found inside. Routine investigation developed no leads. We met with Captain Walker. Because the last four attacks had taken place within a six-block radius, we set up a plan of decoys in an attempt to trap the two purse snatchers. Four policewomen from Juvenile Bureau and a special detail from Metropolitan Division were assigned. Tuesday, 4 p.m., a special detail was ordered to the squad room for briefing. Hello, Joe. Oh, hiya, Dorothy. How's your tuxedo back in mothballs? Yeah, how are your feet? My feet, nothing the matter with them. You're a good dancer. Yeah, I bet I could use some lessons. Oh, you don't need lessons, Joe. You need practice. Okay, let's get started. <clears throat> I don't have to tell you the risks involved in an operation like this. I want all of you to know where everybody will be at any given time. By all of you, I mean the police women and also the men who will be in the squad cars. If anybody misses anything, stop me. We don't have much of a description of the men we're after. There are two of them, both about 18 years old. Usually they wear sneakers, slacks, and sport coats. They've been in different kinds of cars, all of them stolen. They keep each car for a few days and ditch it. Uh, pull down the map, will you, Joe? Yes, sir. Now, here's the area here. Residential, 90% of the dwellings have garages, so if a car is parked on the street, it might be unusual. Each of you will be given a list of cars stolen in the last 48 hours, still outstanding. I want you to check all parked cars against the hot sheet. Oh, uh, first hold up your purses, please. <coughs> Young lady, that purse is too small, I'm afraid. Let's make it look worthwhile. Yes, sir. All right. Of course, you won't be carrying your guns in your purse. You wear a shoulder holster. Before you leave, Sergeant Friday will pass out some marked bills I want you to carry. Okay, now, Policewoman Short... You'll board a westbound streetcar at Western and Santa Monica Boulevard at, uh, at 9.03 p.m. Don't worry about these schedules. The streetcar will be there. Okay. Get off at Las Palmas at 9.13. 
Walk south to Willoughby. Turn east on Willoughby to Hudson, then north one block to Romaine. You go west on Romaine to Coenga, and then retrace your steps to the starting point, and you're through. Got it? Yes. You'll be covered by Unit 81K. Captain. Yep. How fast or slow should we walk? Oh, I'd say a pretty good pace. No woman likes to be alone on the streets at night, so it'd be natural. Yes, sir. Policewoman Ball. Yes, sir. You'll board an eastbound bus at La Brea and Melrose at uh, 9.35 p.m. Okay. You get off at Wilcox and Melrose at 9.45. Walk north on Wilcox to Waring. Turn west on Waring for two blocks. Then north on Cherokee. Okay. You follow Cherokee for two blocks. Turn east on Romaine. Mm. Follow Romaine to Cole, and turn north on Cole. When you get to Santa Monica Boulevard, retrace your steps to your starting point. You'll be covered by Unit 87K. Will the cars be cruising, or will they be parked? Both. Friday and Romero will be cruising all the time. I'll get to the others when I finish with these instructions. Of course, if you see any police car, give no recognition. Yes, sir. Captain. Yeah? You said the two suspects wear sneakers? That's right. It'll be pretty hard to hear them come up behind you. I'd say so. Did any of the victims hear them? They had. They wouldn't be victims. Nine p.m. The decoy plan went into effect. We waited. Tuesday night passed. Nothing happened. Wednesday night, nothing. Thursday, July fourth, the decoy plan was enlarged to include a larger area, but everything was quiet. Friday, July fifth, Captain Walker decided that the new plan covering an area from La Brea to Vine Street and from Sunset to Beverly would be kept in operation. 10.45 p.m., Ben and I cruised the exposed area. We've been thinking about moving to a new place. Yeah? Only trouble is we don't know what's going to happen. You mean if rent control goes off? Yeah. We don't know if rents will go up or down. You've got a lease on it. Unit 71, We don't know what to do. We even tossed a coin to decide. That's about as good a way as any. Coin came up tails four times in a row. Yeah? Wife changed her mind on each toss. No decision. Roger, 71R. Got a policewoman down there? Yeah. Nancy Short. You got her out there? Uh, south on Hudson, east on Melrose, then up Wilcox to Sunset. All units, Willoughby and Hudson, 484 BS and slugging code 3. That's us. Let's roll on it. 83F, Willoughby and Hudson, 484 BS and slugging code 3. We drove to Willoughby and Hudson, just south of the corner, and saw a woman sitting on the grass with a few people around. She was a young woman, about 25. Her clothes had been torn, and there was a red welt on her right cheekbone. She was trying to get to her feet as we came up. There'll be an ambulance here in a few minutes, miss. Can you tell us how it happened? My cheek's swelling. Did you see who attacked you? Yes, I did. I can tell you about them. Look, here, I ripped off one of their pockets. These cards fell off. Mm-hmm. Mm, driver's license. George Landon. Here's the piece of cloth I tore off his pocket. I'll take that, ma'am. Thank you. You want to stay with her? I'll see if I can get a make on this license. You're okay. Uh, would you give me your name, please? Barbara Curtis. I live over on Hudson. 80K to control one. 80K to control one. Go ahead, 80K. Check suspect for making warrants. George Landon, male, white, age 18, 5 feet 9 inches, 155 pounds, blue eyes, black hair. Address, 2722 and a half, Arthur Avenue, KMA 367. Roger, 80K. I swung on the list. I'm going to be robbed by a couple of young people. Did you see the car? Yes, I saw it. White sidewall tires. It was a club coupe. 
I tried to see the license plate. I couldn't make it out. What color was it called? I don't know. Dark green, I think. I'm so mad I could boil. Can you describe the man? Well, you got the driver's license. It's all there. Well, that's just for one of them, miss. You said there were two men. I don't know. I grabbed one of their coats and the other one hit me. Mm-hmm. The thing I'm so mad about is I tried to scream and nothing had come out. I understand. All right. Hi. You're the 63F. We got the call. That's fine. This is the victim, Miss Curtis. If you'll handle the report and see that she gets home, we got a lead to check out here. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Control 1 to 80K. Don't you call back, Joe. Right, we better get it. Come on. I'll right with you. Okay. 80K to Control 1. Go ahead. 80K. Suspect has misdemeanor and felony record. One arrest, suspicion of robbery, and one arrest, GTA. No wants at this time. Most recent address on suspect, 27, 22 and one-half, Arthur Avenue. Roger. Been in trouble before. Felony and misdemeanor. Yeah. And the address matches. Maybe this cloth does. listening to Dragnet. Friday, 11 p.m., Ben and I drove to 2722 and a half Arthur Avenue. It was a small house at the rear of a lot on the east end of town. Alongside the front house, there was a narrow passageway leading to the house in the back with a small lawn between the two. There was no alley, and anybody leaving from the front or back door had to go through the narrow passage. As we approached the house, a light was on in the front room, and through the window we could see a middle-aged woman reading a magazine. We rang the bell. Yes? Police officers. Does George Landon live here? Why, yes, he does. I'm his aunt, Miss Landon. What do you want? Can we come in? Why, yes. Thank you. Won't you sit down? Thank you, ma'am. Is George Landon at home now? No, he isn't, but I think he'll be home soon. He never stays out late. He isn't in any trouble, is he? Do you know where he is? With his friends, I suppose. He's a popular boy. He really should be home soon. Where has he been, Miss Landon? I don't know. He goes out at night, you know, with his friends. Who are they? Well, I really don't know. You see, it's difficult to keep track of a young boy. Mm-hmm. He's a big boy, and he's full of vitality. He has to find things to do. Yes, ma'am. He lives here with me. I'm his aunt. I'm not married, so I take care of him. His parents died when he was a baby. I see. Does George work, or does he go to school? Oh, he's finished school. You aren't here about that automobile that was stolen a year ago, are you? No, ma'am. Oh. He had some trouble then, but I'm sure he didn't do it. Since then, he's been very good. He hasn't missed a day's work, and he goes to church with me any time I ask him. Where does he spend his evenings, do you know? Well, I told you, with his friends. A young man has to use up his energy. I don't try to hold him too tightly. Good boy like him. Can we look at his room? Oh, yes. It's right here. All right. I'll show you how neat he keeps it. Oh, there. Isn't that nice? Yes, ma'am. I'm not trying to defend him. I'm only telling you about him. He keeps this room cleaned up himself. He smokes a little, but I've never smelled a drop of liquor on his breath. 
He's a very good boy. Yes, ma'am. He even reads a lot. You, you can see his books over here. Mm, yes, ma'am. You mind if we look around a little? No. No, that's all right. Should be home soon. He's probably at a movie. Do you want to wait for him? No, it won't be necessary. He's always home by midnight. I'll tell him you were here. Oh, that must be George now. George! Yeah? These men would like to talk to you. They're police officers. All right, take it easy, young fellow. Well, let go. Hold him. Turn him around. Yep. Stand still, young fellow. That's no gun. What do you guys think you're doing? I didn't do anything. I was just out for a ride. This your nephew? Yes. Coat's torn, Joe. Pocket ripped off. Is this your driver's license here, George? Yeah. I lost it. When? Last week. It was found tonight. So what? How'd you tear your coat? Getting out of the car the other night. Here's a piece of cloth. A girl who was attacked tonight gave it to us. It matches the tear there in your coat. What have you done, George? Tell her. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it any time. He talked me into it. Who talked you into he it? He made me do it. He's got a gun and he stole the cars. He made all the plans. Who made all the plans? Tommy. Oh, we never did anything except hang out at the drugstore until that time a year ago. What's his last name? He said that it would always be held against me and I better go along with him. Tommy who? Decker. Was he with you tonight? Yeah, he's the one that hit her when she grabbed hold of me. He's the one that always hit him. I never wanted him to do it. Mm-hmm. Where's the stuff you took out of that purse? Well, Tommy's going to hide it. Where? Back of where he works. Where's that? Oh, garage someplace. I don't know where. He just started working there. Where does he live? Place on West 6th. i never been there. What does this Decker look like? Well, he's the same age I am, but about an inch taller and must be 15 pounds heavier. He's got dark hair. How's he dressed? Just like me. Sneakers and brown slacks and a tan sport coat. You better call the office, Ben. Yeah. Can I use your telephone, ma'am? Oh, it's in the hall behind the door. Thank you. You said Decker's got a gun? Yeah. Officer, will you tell me the truth? I'll try, ma'am. Are George and this Tommy Decker the two men the papers have been writing about? I'm afraid so. The ones who've been robbing the women? Yes, ma'am. And beating them up? Yeah. I didn't mean it. I didn't know what I was doing. I raised you, George. I didn't either. Eleven forty-two p.m. We checked into the office with the eighteen-year-old suspect, George Landon. While Ben and a police stenographer took down the statement, I went down to R&I and pulled the package on the other suspect, Thomas Decker. His mama sheet showed a petition had been filed on 459 PC and 488 PC. They also showed three different recent addresses for Decker. One on West 6th Street, one on South Mariposa, and a third on North Catalina. Two units were dispatched to the first two addresses. Ben and I went to the address on North Catalina, a rooming house. We learned from Decker's landlady that he was working as an apprentice mechanic on the swing shift at a large garage on South Flower Street. 12.51 a.m., Ben and I arrived at the garage. I beg your pardon. Yes? Police officer, does Thomas Decker work here? Yeah, he works here. Hey, Decker! There he is back there. Thank you. Here you are. You with Thomas Decker? Yeah? Police officers like to talk to you. Watch it, Joe. <gasps> Come on. Hey, he's going in the locker room. All right. It's locked. Come on, hit it. Yeah. 
Don't go. Hey, you! You over there! Any other way out of this locker room? Yeah, down the hall in the annex. Come on, Ben. All right. Here we are. Here. Watch it! Came from behind that car, back by the door. All right, cover me. All right, Ben, give it back to him. Throw your gun out! Throw it out! Here it is! Don't shoot! All right, now, come on out. Hands behind your head. I'll get the gun. All right, you turn around. Lousy! Watch it, Joe! Watch it! Hey, he's getting away! Head him off downstairs! No! There he goes! There he goes! Head him up! Let me go! Let me go! All right. All right, get the cuffs on him, Ben. Yeah, you are. Yeah. 18 years old. What's it prove? I don't know. Sometimes you kind of wonder if it's true. What's that? There's no such thing as a bad boy. The story you have just heard was true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. On November 1st, trial was held in Superior Court, Department 82, City and County of Los Angeles, State of California. In a moment, the results of that trial. Thomas Decker and George Landon were tried and convicted on five counts of grand theft person, five counts of grand theft auto, and five counts of assault with intent to do great bodily harm. They were sentenced to the state penitentiary for a term as prescribed by law and are now serving their sentence. Ladies and gentlemen, Chief of Police W.A. Wharton speaking from his office in City Hall, Los Angeles, California. As Chief of Police of the city of Los Angeles, I wish to extend my heartiest congratulations to the program Dragnet on the occasion of its first anniversary. The overwhelming success of this program, as indicated by the hundreds of commendatory letters, telegrams, and personal comments, I feel has been due to the splendid job of portraying police officers and their work. The American public, by its enthusiastic acceptance of Dragnet, has indicated a desire for factual police programs. The Los Angeles Police Department is proud to contribute to the constructive entertainment of both adults and children through this medium. May I extend my best wishes to the National Broadcasting Company, the sponsor, the actors, the writer, and the producer of Dragnet. And I trust there will be many more years of continued success for this program. You have just heard Dragnet, a series of authentic cases from official files. Technical advice for Dragnet comes from the office of Chief of Police W.A. Wharton, Los Angeles Police Department. Next, a great new show, Sarah's Private Caper on NBC.
This is Andrew Rines with otrwesterns.com, where we stream live old-time radio westerns 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, with a special twist. You select the tracks that get to be played. We've got a thousand different episodes from shows like Gunsmoke, Tales of the Texas Rangers, Escape, Gene Autry, and many more. Come check us out at otrwesterns.com slash live. Again, that's otrwesterns.com slash live. You're listening to The Great Detectives of Old Time Radio with Adam Graham. And now, let's get back into the show. Welcome back. Well, they were a little late for strict first anniversary celebration, as that was on June the 3rd. But last week's show was their 52nd script, and this was their 53rd. Some preemptions and schedule changes uh, played into that. I really appreciated the opening of the show. It showed kind of an old-fashioned sense of uh, gratitude to the audience. And whether um, every program did this or not, I think there was that sense during the golden age of entertainment. It was a reminder of what acting, performing, singing was for the great mass of entertainers. Now, you might have your prima donnas, your big, big stars on occasion. But for a lot of actors, for most of them, acting was very grueling work. It was dependent on you going from town to town and city to city, gig to gig, playing the same part and the same role over and over again, never quite knowing sometimes where your next meal would come from. Uh, William Gargan wrote about his career on the stage. Of course, the star of Barry Craig, Confidential Investigator, and such a great uh, personality in Hollywood. And he wrote about uh, how the type of things that you went through as an actor. And even the early days of movies could often be quite brutal to many of the early uh, stars of the silence and even into the talkies. So you have now, starting the 1930s radio, where you don't have to go anywhere or travel anywhere. You're able to ply your trade every week because someone's willing to invite you into their home. You are a guest in their home because they value what you have uh, to offer. And this was the type of program, different from other crime programs, where uh, parents would uh, call their kids and say, come on. It's time to listen to Dragnet. And they valued that because they remembered, I think, the roots of acting. And what it often is for many uh, amateur actors, people who never quite make it big. But uh, major entertainment industry often gets disconnected from that. Maybe it's a familiarity with the idea of television and big movies and an expectation uh, that this is the way that it ought to be. And maybe a little bit of familiarity breeding contempt. But that's something you don't get from the golden age of entertainment. I think in this episode we also so hear how Dragnet wasn't just about telling you how the police work but really educating uh, people in good citizenship and being a good witness. A chief example being that gentleman who uh, really tried to help out the police, but missed pertinent details. Uh, getting a license number is great, 
but you want to try and focus and get as much information as possible. Uh, even if he'd gotten the full license number, it could have been a case where you could have a plate that doesn't match the car. And uh, I will say that in this first season of Dragnet, and it's pretty much true throughout this, um, throughout uh, Dragnet, the main role we do see police women in is undercover and uh, in uh, decoy sort of roles. Um, and, and I think there is a certain element of realism, and that was, pro I, I think, at this point in history, one of the biggest parts of, uh, of uh, police work. And certainly that's always going to be true uh, when you do have crimes that are targeted specifically against uh, women. But it was very uh, predominant in the 1950s. Perhaps it's for that reason that the very first ever show about a policewoman uh, as a television show, uh, it was called Decoy. And while it's fair to criticize some of the limitations that many police departments uh, placed on women, that should not be a criticism of the very brave uh, police women in so many departments. Because in any situation, taking on this role as a decoy, is this episode really uh, illustrated? They, Despite whatever precautions they took, this was a dangerous situation that ultimately they uh, guard against everything for. So at any rate, a very interesting episode. And I think I probably spent more time talking about the introduction and conclusion uh, in terms of recognizing Dragnet's uh, achievement than I did the show itself. But uh, that will do it for today. We'll be back on Monday with The Saint. Join us back here next Saturday for another episode of Dragnet. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.